Welcome back to the All Hallow School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, we're exploring the world of music, dance and drama through the eyes of music teacher Michael Castle. Michael's going to explain to us all about the music for all approach to teaching, the extracurricular opportunities for music and drama at All Hallows, and we find out how teaching music has evolved over the last few decades. But we also find out what musical is his all-time favourite. See if you can guess what that might be. But in the meantime, let's get into this episode now with music teacher Michael Castle. Michael, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Pleasure. I'm very well, thank you. I had a lovely half-term holiday. We're down in Dunster, running on the beach with our little brigadier, our schnauzer. Okay. Uh, jumping in the waves, doing very mature things as usual, mm-hmm. <laughs> as teachers do. Oh, I, I, wrote a, I wrote a piece of music. We need, um, a, there's a psalm setting for one of the confirmation services. And I said to my assistant, look, why don't I, I put this to music? So I've um, done a new setting of Psalm 103 and 104 okay. to be used in the service at the end of June. Sounds a bit like Burt Bacharach with Earth, Wind and Fire, <laughs> but I, I can work on that. I can okay. work on that. All right. I'm trying to imagine how that will sound, and uh, maybe another time we'll be able to get the chance to hear it'll that. Gl- I'll send you a recording. It'll sound glorious. Lovely. Okay. I'll look forward to that. Okay, Michael, we're talking about the world of music, dance and drama, but I wonder whether you can just give us a little uh, insight into what your own education was like at school, so where you went to school and how you found being at school yourself. Yes, uh, thank you. I went to school in Worcester, a little junior school um, in a village of called St John's, and nothing much to write home about, but the deputy head, my form teacher, Mr Gilbert, was a really inspiring music teacher. He ran the choir, recorders, and there was something about the way he worked that, that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. We went to Cheltenham Festival in 1968. Sorry, that dates me. You're giving and your age away now, aren't you? All, I know, that's <laughs> terrible. Um, delete that one. And we won nearly all the cups. And as a treat, we went up the Malvern Hills, had a day off school, mm-hmm. and that was exciting enough. But from that... Um, he had us record, make a little recording on a little record in a shop next to Elgar's music shop in Worcester. Okay. And I remember we spent all day in the studio and it was hot and sticky. And then I remember looking across at him at a certain point. He was conducting one of the pieces, I think it was Kalinka, Russian folk song. Mm-hmm. And the sweat was dripping off his chin, drip, drip. Okay. And his eyes had such an intensity that there and then I thought... That's it. That's what I want to be. Gosh. And wow. isn't it funny at one particular point in time yeah. that I thought because of that, I'm a, I want to be a music teacher. And I bumped into him many years later with my son. And I said to my son, Simeon, this is a gentleman that made me start to become a music teacher. And I thanked mm-hmm. Mr. Gilbert then. And it was quite a, quite a moment. Hmm. And I didn't realize until then how much that particular point in time had an effect on me. Gosh, it's amazing, isn't it? How just one hmm. seemingly small moment in life can make such a dramatic effect on one person's absolutely, life. Abso- absolutely. Um, I obviously I was I enjoyed my music. I played piano from mm-hmm. an early age. I played the recorders uh, in the recorder group, and I sang mm-hmm. because I like playing for musicals. I played for little dramas, and that mm-hmm. took me through all the way through to college, where I played for musicals. Oh, What's a Lovely War, Sweeney Todd. And I enjoyed accompanying for shows because there's that live element of, oh, they haven't come on stage yet. 
I'll repeat that little loop and keep <laughs> yeah. going. Yeah. And also, I found myself improvising mm-hmm. because if there's a certain sad point, I probably put a little music in. Right. And without taking too much time up, I realise now that my grandmother, my my father's mum in Kent, mm-hmm. she was an organist of the chapel. But on a Saturday night, she pedalled across to Canterbury and played the piano for the silent movies. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a child, a memory of us reaching up and holding the keys of the piano and she would play along and she'd say, and now the heron came in and she played the heron. And it was purely improvised yeah. and she told the story. And, and looking back now, I realised that I'm turning to my grandmother. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that because the idea of imp- improvising, mm-hmm. reacting to what's around you musically, mm-hmm. I think is a skill that takes time. And mm. I'm, I'm trying to help the children do that as well, turn it into mm-hmm. my teaching. And telling stories through music, this sounds very Carnival of the Animals as well. Yes, absolutely. Not all music is story-based, mm-hmm. but obviously pastoral symphony, dance macabre, they can be used. But a lot of the music I, I teach in the curriculum, be it the history, Western history in the autumn term, or pop music and blues in the spring term, or world music, which is mm-hmm. calypso, samba, I try and break it down into learnable chunks such as chords and bass lines Mm -hmm. and do it in a way that every child at what level they're at can pick a level that suits them Mm -hmm. i was aware as a child being given music Mm -hmm. and they obviously weren't aware of the level i was at thinking i can't play that and said right Mm -hmm. off you go and i found it quite embarrassing because i was going wrong in front of my friends Mm. and in a way planning the lessons for the children here is Every lesson I have has got three or four different levels of ability, mm-hmm. like a computer game. Yeah. Level one is the easy level, etc., and they can pick a level to suit them, okay. which means that actually they're achieving right now. Yeah, yeah. And they come, yeah. they leave the room going, I could do that. Yeah. And they said, oh, no, Mr. Castle, no, next week I'll do level three, or mm. I'm going to upgrade to level four. Mm. So in a way, in a way, they're becoming in charge of their teaching, mm. of their mm. learning which I find really very interesting indeed. Mm. I'm no longer delivering, but mm-hmm. they are controlling their learning, which mm. is actually more in line with GCSE, I suppose. Mm. Let's look at this a bit more closely. Let's unpack this a little bit, because you mentioned that Mr. Gilbert was an inspiration for you, I guess, when you were younger. Yes, he was. In what ways do you inspire the children at All Hallows to get involved in music? And, and how do you put that into practical action? Right. How do you get children involved? Well, first of all, my hashtag is music for all. Okay. It always has been. There has to be a place for everyone. Mm. I, I feel it's like a cold sea or a cold swimming pool in the open air in mm-hmm. the old days. Mm-hmm. A teacher would either go, right, Smith, there you go, jump in. Mm-hmm. I'd be standing on the side. Mm-hmm. Or the teacher would jump in first, turn around and go, come on, the mm. water's lovely. Mm. And so what I do with music is I jump in first and go, come on, children, this is such fun. Join me. Yeah. And they go, well, if he's doing that, yeah. what's the problem? I can do that myself. So mm. in a way, I, I lead first. Mm-hmm. I always, it also comes down to the variety of music. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that um, you need to give a wide range of subjects. So we do do classical, baroque, romantic. We do mm-hmm. Swan Lake, Can Can. We do Vivaldi and Mozart and Haydn. Mm-hmm. But I package it in a way that's accessible for the children. Mm. And then on top of that, we do, as I said, blues and then rock and roll and the Beatles. So the children learn how to play Hound Dog or Twist and Shout. Mm. 
Mm. And so, and then we come to the the summer term with the world music, mm-hmm. and they can they're currently doing some um, Bob Marley, One Love, oh, uh, wow. Don't Worry, Be Happy, mm. and so it's songs they know mm-hmm. and can associate with. And I say, well, here are the chords. Off you go. Um, so it's how you how you package what you want them to learn in a way that's accessible, and as I said, repeating myself, on levels that they can actually attain here and now. Mm. Mm. Um, so it, that that's how how I sort of do that. Also, we have lots of music lessons going on, lots of music teachers coming into the school. Traditional instruments such as the strings, double bass, cellos, violins, saxophones, but also we have bagpipes too. Okay, wow. I know. And so, if anyone would like to learn anything, we can find a teacher for them. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stop there. I think my job really takes off when the children leave the. The, their music lesson because mm-hmm. I take what they know and I put them into a group but again this idea of well here you go this is a music music I bought for you mm-hmm. I listen to the teacher and go well h- how many notes does Stephanie play or Nicholas play oh he does an octave mm-hmm. and then I actually arrange the part for them okay so once again when they want to join an song but they go oh I'm not sure oh this mm-hmm. is new but here's a music you can play those notes oh Mm. Oh, I'll give it a go then. Mm. And so in a way, my job is tailoring it to the needs of every child, which mm-hmm. means they can actually get it now and they feel good now. And if I think I call it a memory bite, right? Okay. It's a sound bite. If, if they can have a, a positive memory, like, oh, I remember when I did that really well. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I want to do more. Mm. Mm. Um, and over the years, I've, I've learned to, to do that. So all the groups that I run... Mm-hmm. I arrange the music for them personally, be it the big bands. Um, I know some teachers do the strings but and the flutes and the clarinets, but I will often help at another part as well mm. f- to accommodate those who'd like to take part. So everyone is achieving now rather than thinking, oh, I'll never get there. Mm. Oh, I give up. Mm. No, but I've, I've done it. I've done mm. it. I'm going to carry on. So you're making it accessible to everybody then, aren't you? It's music for all. Mm. But it, that sounds very corny, but the mechanics of delivering it, mm-hmm. that's where the fun is. Because mm. it's up to me to know the children, liaise with the teachers and go, right, now, where are they? How can I best write a part for them? That's fun. It's great fun. It keeps on my toes. And I love arranging. I used to run choirs um, in Malvern and Gloucestershire. Obviously, I wrote music. I, I ran a, a vocal jazz octet called copious notes okay and i arranged lots of jazz and close harmony so that's part of my my love of music is arranging music for people where they are and i think in school that works a treat that does sound inspiring actually it really does tell us about the extracurricular opportunities for learning instruments at all hallows right okay well obviously we have all the groups as well so were you, say, you started the flute and you haven't taken your grade one, mm-hmm. but you're keen, then, sir, you would be in the junior flutes. And if you'd like to, you could take part in a little concert. Now, what we do every term, we have what's called a junior lunchtime concert okay. um, for the years three to five. Mm-hmm. Or this, they're called showcase, a junior showcase or a senior showcase for years six to eight. Mm. And that's a little time where... If you're brave enough, you could play a, your flute piece and Mr. Carter would accompany you and it'd be in our music room here. It'd be tea and cakes. The parents would come along. A very cosy, informal setting, which is how it should be for us for a beginning. Mm-hmm. And then 
We have big concerts in November, the big St. Cecilia concert, mm -hmm. all the groups on stage. And then in the Lent term, we normally have the big production. That takes the main thrust of the... And then a huge set of summer concerts in the big marquee. Okay. Um, where everyone um, has lots of fun. And really, it everything comes together. We have solos and duets, trios. Um, obviously, the choirs will be singing, as well as the chapel choir. Mm -hmm. um, and if those who say, look, I've done a duet with so-and-so, I say, well, let me listen to you, let me hear you, let mm -hmm. me play for you, we're on. Um, mm. So every opportunity for the children to actually to showcase their talents mm. is there. A very, very busy calendar. And obviously, we go and sing elsewhere. Being a Catholic school, we sing Mass mm -hmm. at Prior Park, uh, Downside. Okay. Um, and so, it's a yeah. We have a very busy time, but super. Mm. Mm. No, it does sound great. Do you think that uh, the world of music in schools has changed since the era of the 70s and 80s? I'm just thinking about the, the people listening to this podcast episode right now might be remembering what music was like when they were at school. And and I imagine that for quite a few people learning music in schools, it, was, it wasn't quite accessible. And it was almost quite, almost like a chore bit of a harsh environment if you got something wrong you may have got told off and not very accommodating like that maybe that's just my perspective but what's your view on that well yes it's true I must agree that being a child of the 70s <laughs> that my music <laughs> lessons we weren't allowed to talk he put on a record that dates me again mm -hmm. and if you spoke you got shouted at mm. I mean and mm. what saved me was playing Jaws I was the only boy in the school okay that could play Jaws on the piano <laughs> right. and he said play that again and so and that was I thought wow it's great fun and that the the excitement you can from music so sadly the music education at the time mm -hmm. wasn't too helpful inspiring mm -hmm. maybe because of that I thought when I'm a teacher I'll do things differently mm -hmm. um, and make as I said make music more accessible try and package it in a way that won't drive people away, that yeah. make them want to go, I'd like, I'd like to know more. But yeah. yes, tr mm. truly, I remember there was an orchestra at our school mm -hmm. and they played a hymn and suddenly we didn't know which hymn it was. It was that, it was that grim. Okay. However, the, sci the science teacher, Mr. Bottle, mm -hmm. um, Ted Bottle, he ran a military band and mm -hmm. I played clarinet and saxophone in it. Okay, right. We weren't, bri we weren't, we weren't brilliant, but what he did do, and this is remarkable, remember it now, um, this is 1976, 1977, mm -hmm. that he took us, he took our band to local mental health institutions. Okay. Which were, in those days, very big buildings with, yeah. with residents who were patients. Hmm. And we went there and we played a long concert. We played Ben Necessities, we played um, Mary Poppins, we did, and, and because I love ragtime, I love Scott Joplin, mm -hmm. and I play ragtime quite well. Brilliant. I always had had playing the piano solo, mm. and looking at the audience, clearly were, you know, had uh, difficulties and issues, the immediate joy, they would oh. be clapping, and they'd be cheering, we thought, wow. this, is yeah. this is incredible. Yeah. So in a way, this gent, Mr. Bottle, was doing very, very early music therapy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking back now, that that's another, that's another, like a cattle, a little pinpoint in my, which told me that's what I want to do. Yeah. So it's not just Mr. Gilbert, but Mr. Bottle too. And music therapy, I think, is a huge, a very, very powerful way of working, mm. which I, mm. I know little about, mm -hmm. but I'd love to know more. 
Hmm. My father had Parkinson's and in his last year or so, I went to see him at his home mm-hmm. and I'd wheel him into the waiting room and he'd be sort of not responding. Mm-hmm. But I'd play the piano and after five minutes, he'd be sitting up. After 20 minutes, he'd be singing along. Gosh, like, wow. Incredible. Yeah. And he sang all the songs that we, we knew as children. Mm. And it made me realize that this is, music is is more than we know. Mm. It's more powerful than than we, we take take it for. Mm. Um, maybe that's why I love teaching music because music goes beyond a curriculum subject. Like for some children, it's everything in their life. I had a, two children that got music scholarships uh, to Malvern, and I realised that every break time they're doing an ensemble. Every lunchtime mm. they're doing a practice, mm. and I said, "I'm so sorry for all the time I took." He said, "No, Miss, it's fine. We chose mm. to do that. That's what yeah. we love doing." Yeah. So in a way. Music is a, a whole thing. It's a family thing. The family has to support the child doing it to make it work. Mm. It's a full life. It's a life commitment, mm. not just a school commitment. Mm. Maybe that's why I like it so much because it does go beyond the boundaries, mm. and you need to love it desperately to work at it. Music is hard. Mm. To you can't flick a switch. You have to. You have to see the fruits. Mm in a distance mm. and know that with practice and dedication and time and care you'll get there and so I, it it does it does break the boundaries and that's why i think i enjoy music enjoy teaching music so much mm. i can tell i can just hear that in your voice while you're talking <laughs> uh, michael let's look at drama for a moment what opportunities are there yes. for children at school to get on stage and get involved in drama right well Obviously, most schools offer speech and drama as an extra tuition lesson. Mm-hmm. And we have two teachers here. And as well as you have the music showcases, they have drama showcases. So that those who have individual or two-in-a-lesson drama mm-hmm. sessions, they can show their work over tea and cakes in the chapel to their parents. Mm. But for everyone else, in the big autumn term, we have a big production, which is either... Is five and six, six or seven, seven and eight. So everyone has the opportunity to do a huge show. And as well as that, in the other terms, we have a Saturday drama enrichment mm. where we do more offbeat uh, projects. Like currently at the moment, we're working on um, a sort of Scooby-Doo uh, takeoff, a gothic okay. horror comedy. Right, and okay. The children are writing, uh, and the children have written their own script. Right. And some are working backstage and some are doing the sound Two of the pupils love Apple Mac or the tech side. Mm-hmm. So, so they're doing all the editing and the video work. So offering, again, it's offering a role mm. in it for everyone. But certainly, I, I want to say that music, drama and dance should not be segregated. That they, they actually, that's one unit. A musical, they sing and dance and act. In a concert, you, you say you went to the proms. No one stood still on the stage. The string ensembles will be moving mm. as as one voice. Yeah. And so they're dancing as well. Mm. Conductors. Mm. Mark Elder at a symphony hall was jumping so much that he fell off the podium. Oh, that gosh. was doing a recording for Radio 3. Right. And so I firmly believe that the performing arts mm-hmm. is one unit, mm. not separate. But I do, I do love musicals and shows. I remember that um, when I was 11 in another memory, I do apologize. But these things do form mm. where, where you go in your life. Mm. I, I auditioned for Joseph in the Haymarket in Leicester. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I'd come from London and I got in. So my sister and I spent three months working there and the brothers in the cast 
with Jeremy Irons, Alan Rickman, and Ben Cross, oh, who well. just came out of Rado. No, so we spent really? all summer mucking around with them, throwing, dropping water bombs on them. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Truly, truly, truly. Wow. 1974, mm-hmm. um, and it was the Leicester Haymarket. It was a very big theatre. They often took the West End shows when they just came out the West End to Leicester. Mm-hmm. And so we, we had a half-term off school, mm-hmm. and then two shows a day during the summer. It was mm-hmm. hard work. But being backstage and looking at the screen for your prompt and your cues, mm-hmm. doing choreography, watching all the dancers, it was, I still get a buzz. You, mm. you know, you get, a, it's an emotional thing, music mm. and dance, and it affects your core. And you remember that moment in time when that music came or that dance. And so for me, the, the Joseph basically secured that I, I would be doing music, drama and dance. Mm-hmm. So um, no, no wonder why I changed to a, music dance drama degree in my <laughs> second and third years at Birmingham yeah yeah um, and at Birmingham it was wonderful I I was making corsets um, in the basement of the university I was a Piero in an Italian comedy okay I was a renaissance a renaissance dancer mm-hmm. and I had lots of different exp- I went to Laban Center as an Amazonian bird god and we danced on the roofs of buildings improvising with the landscape it was wow. the B- Birmingham course was brilliant and gave me an insight into how expansive mm. teaching can be. Mm-hmm. Don't try and hem it in, mm. but think widely. And maybe that's influenced my teaching as well. Mm. Mm. Michael, we need to bring this episode recording to a close in a moment. But I'd love to know, you mentioned that you enjoy musicals. What would you say your mm. one of your favourite musicals might be that you've ever seen or been oh. involved in? Five Guys Named Mo. Oh, OK. I wasn't expecting that. The, the Cab Calloway. Okay. Um, because we, I saw it five times. It was a Birmingham Hippodrome, mm-hmm. and it was a Louis Jordan jazz music. Okay. And you had five chaps on stage, but a tiny band, a tiny band of no more than sax, trumpet, drums, bass, mm-hmm. and they came out of the floor in a sort of thirties wow. sort of um, zoot suit look. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But the band was powerful, truly powerful. Mm-hmm. And then the dancers, they sang and they acted. There was um, emotional moments, sad moments, joyous moments, and they did a conga through the audience wow. and back on stage again. Mm-hmm. So for me, that musical, but truly, if you're talking about overall, I think Joseph, because it was a pivotal point in my life mm. when I realized that, that this is for me big time. Mm. This is my life. <laughs> and give me three other musicals that you may have seen and just really enjoyed and maybe would recommend other parents listening to this to go and see as well. Oh, well, obviously, The Miserable. I mean, the power, the, the power of the show. I think Lion King for the spectacle, the mm-hmm. stage show mm-hmm. with the puppetry, and also War Horse. Oh, yeah. I know it's yeah. very different, mm. but the whole idea of the puppetry and the First World War and the closeness of it. Um, I lost three great uncles in the Somme, mm-hmm. and on the centenary of it, I, I managed to get a historian from Bristol to trace the movements of my uncle, mm-hmm. great-uncle Ralph, who was in the Worcestershire's, to the place in Passchendaele where he was shot. Gosh, and his wow. son went across mm. on the day to the century that Ralph oh, was killed. Wow. I'd written, I'd written an anthem called They Shall Grow Not Old. Mm-hmm. I'd recorded it with my Stroud choir. Mm-hmm. And then his son took the recording and played it in the field at the spot where Ralph was killed. I couldn't be there at the time. I was back at school. But for me, that was closure because it was me saying to Ralph, this is what I want to say thank you to you for. And his son 
traced Ralph's steps. So that was, again, it was music and it was everything encapsulated in one small pinpoint in time. Mm. And so I think for War Horse is a very powerful show mm. and I think it deserves to be seen. Gosh, that's... I'm sure it has been. So moving in every sense. Yeah, no, this is great. Michael, before we do finish, uh, if anyone's heard anything and they wanted to get in touch with the school, what's the best way for them to reach out? Well, the website is very active. And if you Google All Hallows School, with mm-hmm. two S's in the middle, allhallowsschool.co.uk, there's a lovely picture of a gorgeous house with fine grounds, with happy children. That's the one in Somerset. Well, thank you so much for your time being here. It's been really, really good talking to you. And thank you for opening up the world of music, dance and drama at All Hallows. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love to talk more, but thank you again. So that was Michael Castle talking all things music, dance and drama at All Hallows School. A big thank you to him for coming on to this episode of the podcast. If you want to get in touch with the school, then, as he says, just Google All Hallows School and you'll find the website. And if you haven't followed this podcast channel yet, then now's a great time to do that, because then when the next episode comes out, you get a small notification just to let you know that it's there. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.